You press play now, Al. Hmm? Press, press play. Oh, is my audio all right, by the way? It's fine. It's fine. It's just your video. It's you just your video doesn't look good. You don't look good. You look fabulous, baby. <laughs> oh, I love it. This is just my webcam, mate. Screw it. Mm. Hi, and welcome to the Wireless Podcast where the beer flows fast, free, and frictionless. On today's show, we talk about AP survey kits, designing for 2.4, and the least capable, most important. Right. Anyway, I'm your host, Dan Jones. Uh, I'm with Ryan Dodds, Alan Blake, and unfortunately, Kieran is dead. To Who us. was? That was a, quite a professional return to... I think that's the, the first time in ages that Dan has like nailed the fucking intro first Man, time. We're doing stop. We're doing record. Alan pressed the music in a timely manner. Like <laughs> every, everything's. I think. I think the uh, the common denominator is uh, Kieran's not here, so yeah, shit, exactly. just, shit just goes well. Huh? Karen drags us down. I think it does. does. I think look how well we we work. We're thriving, lads. You know, we, let's not peak too soon. Let's let's take our time. <laughs> Is it that other lack of drink around the table? Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, probably because we haven't had, we're not eight beers in already. Well, this is, this is the irony of it all. I've said, I've always said I would never, ever record one of these sober. And, <laughs> and here I am, only because I'm ill. However, you know, I, I have come prepared. Oh, you do have beer. I'm not letting the side down. I'm not letting the okay. side down. So I'm going to have to come clean. Basically, I've, I've lost the license in the pub, so... I can't sell anything to you. You have to bring your own, all right? Unfortunately, I've just given blood, so I can't, I can't drink because otherwise I'll be horrendous. So uh, I'm on tea and water. Oh. All right, okay. Yeah, sorry. Anyway, Ryan, sorry, what yeah. are you drinking tonight? I've got rum and uh, cherry coke. Because <laughs> I'm fruity. Yeah, yeah, because I'm fruity, man. Coke. That's disgusting. That stuff. Oh, mate, you, you you have no idea what you're talking about. I do. I, I do. It's you disgusting. Really it's just no. too sweet. It's like marzipan. You just, you just, oh, marzipan. Oh, oh. oh that's Ooh, disgusting as well. Rum and Dr. Pepper then. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've I had that before. It, it depends on the rum though, because you've got to get the right one. You couldn't have, I don't know, so much shit like Captain Morgan's or something. What rum have you got? I am finishing the Brewdog one. The, nice. It honestly that is is my favorite. That and the um, the grenade one. Nice, that's nice. Quality. Mm. Okay, Alan, what are you on tonight then? Well, I'm on the. Uh, I got a special IPA. It's called Lemsip IPA. <laughs> it's nice. really citrusy and fruity, and yeah, uh, it's weird how it's kind of like it's a bit like Glühwein, yeah. Right. So you know when you go on. Après ski, and you come down and you get this nice warm cup of uh, um, what's it called? No, I know, um, I have no idea. Show, you, you know, you've never been skiing. No, it's not mold wine they give you. Mold wine, that's what I'm trying to think of. I just couldn't get there quick enough. <laughs> what did you call it? More wine, no, no, it's called glue vine in um, some language. Glühwein. It's called glue vine in, in, I don't know if it's German, Austrian, or something, or it's called van show in um, neither. Hans. Isn't it? Just stop talking, man. Just stop talking, man. It's warm. Anyway, anyway, I also have. (laughs) So continental. I also also have a beer. 
right. with me a little kind of beer because I really can't drink when I'm full of the cold and it's um it's a divide and conquer by the vocation brewery one of my favorites so I like this one although nice. pride pride no love and hate or is it pride and joy I can never remember them but I think it's pride and joy is my favorite all time out of these vocation brewery. brewery where are they based then um um in England <laughs> It's his new England. It's the research. That's that's what sets us apart, I think, from every other technical podcast is the hard work, dedication, backgrounds, you know, all that kind of stuff. That's what sets us apart. Yeah, they're, they're, it's it's in Craig's country. Where's that? Where's I'm pretty country? certain that on your can it says New England, which means that it's American, not yeah. British. There's a, there's, a, there's a postcode called HX7, which probably means Halifax. So it's, no, it's the HX7 postcode will be the person that distributes it in the yeah. UK. That won't be the brewery. No, 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 hang on. It's it's brewed and canned by Vocation Brewery. They are oh, UK-based. Right, yeah, fine. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm Googling this. The fact right? that it says New England Pale Ale is just a... Just the type of... It's just the batch. It's the variation. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, I like the. Uh, is that just like a sticker around the can? No, it's actually. It's actually on. Yeah, it's embossed in some sort. Yeah, nice. Cool. Easy. Yeah, I, uh, I, I will drink this, although I'll probably regret it. But I'm going <laughs> to drink it. But I'm going to. Oh, actually, am I right? This is um. Right? This is like literally around the corner from Christian. You're probably drinking Christian's bathwater. <laughs> <laughs> Leftover bathwater. Mm-hmm. Is that what it is? Yeah, it's brewed in Hebden Bridge, which is just around the corner from um, from Karen. So yeah, you, you're probably just drinking his leftover bath water. There we go then. Let's see, that's probably going to make me even better tomorrow than it. I'm going to be <laughs> <around>. <laughs> Look at a clip of you. If but the thing for people now is they can't actually see the state that we're all in. Alan's full of cold. <laughs> I'm full of cold. And Dan's only got a quarter of his blood left, so we're all very drained. We're all very pale. Dan looks pale, doesn't he? He does. He looks he like, does. He looks looks like, like he's going to pass out any minute. Doesn't he? he looks like a vampire. Yeah. If I just if I just tail off at some point and just crack on without me, right? No worries. We will, <laughs> like we've been doing for the last six weeks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how many how many episodes we got out in that in that time, mate? We're not talking about that. <laughs> Let's talk about something interesting. (laughs) Cool. Okay, right. So I am in the market for an AP survey kit. What's what say you? What? Say that again. What's you're right? Yeah, what say you? What sort of language is this? He's old, isn't he, Dan? He's from like the 1600s. That's what they said when they you know when you get see you. Who is he? You know when you get the people that ring the bell. Hear ye, hear ye, hear ye. And criers. That's it, guys. That, that's what Dan's doing. He's crying. Yeah, He's crying on the inside by the looks of him. <laughs> well, I say this. I don't have an well, AP there you go, then. It works. I, uh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't have an AP survey kit. I'm actually looking for one. But okay. I guess... So for everyone that's probably thinking, what's the AP survey kit? Is that the Egger House sidekick? Not specifically. This is... More to do with AP on a stick, right, Dan? Is that what you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So if I'm wanting to validate a design or or I want to go and get more information about a, a space that's difficult to kind of um, simulate in ECAL, then mm-hmm. I'd use like an AP, AP on a stick survey to do that. Yeah, so I think a lot of people just build their own. They use uh, the buy, like a, a 
default sound tripod with a T-bar. Uh, you know, Velcro a, a battery to the uh, a POE source to the to the tripod, the cable tie, the access point to the T-bar. It looks an absolute mess. <laughs> Quite frankly, it looks like a bag of dicks. You know what they do in America? What? They actually, and this has been said so many times, and I don't care. Who who who's going to be upset by this? Because it's the truth. Any other Americans listening are going to vouch for this. They always say, go to whatever the hardware stores are called in the US. Not Walmart, is it? It's called, I don't know, Terry's Hardware Store, right? You get a decorator's pole. Terry's, <laughs> Terry's <laughs> Hardware Store. The least American well name known, in the world. That well-known American. Yeah, because it's spelt with an oh, I. Terry, it's, Terry, like, Terry, it's Terry with an I. So they you mean like Home Depot or something like that, mate? Yeah, Home Depot, Home Depot. It's not Depot. <laughs> it's Home Depot, right? So they go, they've said this before, they, they go in there, don't they? They say, go and get a paint decorator's pole so that you can put your AP on this and there's your AP on a stick there and then. So it's almost like you don't oh, have to my. travel with it. That's the truth. That's what they used to say years ago before the likes of, you know, the hives of the world and obviously the Wi-Fi survey kits and start, people started to actually, you know, build proper ones. But that's the truth. It's yeah, true. well... That's awful. Um, it's Americans for you, but we love them. I mean, <laughs> so you, you you can do that. You can get your tripod or your or your painter's pole from our mate Terry, and you can stick an AP on that if you want, right? Um, but for me, the, the the tripod just it doesn't work. It's it screams cheap. It screams just just shit basically, and it's very inefficient because you've now got quite a lot of kit to transport individually so your tripod comes in quite well depending on how you buy it it either comes in the box or if you buy the the carry bag that comes with it you've got this massive you know, three four foot bloody carry bag that you've got to then put into the back of the car or transport to site it's not very efficient uh what do you say dan what see you dan yeah so like pre- previously i've I've done the whole buy a tripod, stick some wheels on it. And, and the wheels were, were a good shout, actually. And actually, I followed um, Nick Turner's... Um, He's got a pretty good guy, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, cut down the legs on the tripod so that you can just wheel through a door, um, put wheels on it. Um, yeah, and, and, and that was great. That's, that's really good. Um but then you, like you said, you've still got all your separate bits. So you've got to have your, you know, your Wi-Fi stand is what I used on top of it that you, you've got to have separately. You've got to have your battery separately. You've got to have, you know, whatever AP you're taking around uh, separately, yeah. all that kind of stuff. So you end up walking into a place with, yeah, like you say, like three or four different bits of kit. And that's the carrier bags. Yeah, in, in, in your bag, <laughs> bag for life. I'm going to do a survey with my bag for life. Looking like Roy <laughs> Cropper. Can you imagine it? No, it's um, it's Very it's decorated, like, Paul. It's it's not covered in paint last week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, it's not it's not very efficient. And whilst it does the job, there's there's no there's no getting around that. It, it does actually serve a purpose. Yeah. Um. For me, it, it, it doesn't suit mine. I travel a lot. Um, so what you after in a survey kit for you then? What I'm after a self-contained unit is what I'm after, a box. Um, and I'll Hard give you a reason. Box? No, no, box? A, 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 a 
a transport box, a flight case, anything, something that's hard bodied and durable, right? Like, like a I'll give you a couple of I'll give you a couple of reasons as to why I need it, right? So I haven't needed one. I've avoided my whole Wi-Fi career without actually having one. Um because I don't yourself a Wi-Fi engineer. Yeah. <laughs> How did you manage that? Teach me. Well, I, I don't call myself a Wi-Fi engineer. Other people do. Oh, okay. But um, I've actively avoided doing them because I don't particularly like doing AP on a stick service. But um, I do go out and troubleshoot issues. And a lot of the time um, I go to site and, you know, a customer might not have um, enough access points, say, in, in, a, in a room. Mm-hmm. And then they say, well, I'm not too sure if another access point will, will work. And I'll say, well, you know, why don't we put one up and test it? But as you know, it's not as simple just to get up again, AP and just whack it up on the ceiling or whatever, you know, there's building regulations, you're going to get health and safety involved. It's not that simple. But having a, a kit that I can just like wheel in, pop up a pole, put the AP on, you know, nice cable, nice self-contained unit. There's no tripping legs. There's no nothing. It's just a box on the floor. That for me is a winner. Um, and the bonus to it being in some sort of hard-bodied box and there's a lot more durable is it transports. So I can either ship it to site if I can't get it on the plane. Um, I can fly with it because, um, I, you know, I can check it in as baggage, oversized baggage, whatever. Yeah. Um, it doesn't matter if, you know, some bloke called Terry at Heathrow Airport's going to sling it around the baggage carousel. You know what I mean? It doesn't matter because it's in a it's in a military standard hard box. So that that for me is is key. Yeah. And there are two, as I as I know it, there are two products on the market um, which I'm looking at. So you got the Wi-Fi survey kit from the people that make the Wi-Fi stand. I don't even know what's their company called. Wi-Fi survey. Just Wi-Fi survey. Is that what it's called? I think so. I mean, it's, it's really original. Yeah. It's like, so you've got, you've got that do? one. Wi-Fi survey. And it's actually quite good. And in my opinion, it's actually quite inexpensive. Um, but there is a slight problem. So when you get the, so when you get the kit, um, I believe it is around £1,600. Maybe a little bit more. Uh, yeah. That, that it, it battery and stuff. Or... Yeah. Yeah, so I know Marquest, distributor in the UK, Peter McKenzie's uh, place of uh, work, sell a complete Wi-Fi stand kit. Are we, are we getting paid for all of this thing dropping? <laughs> should we? Should we? We need something for doing Sponsored this. Sponsored by Marquest. <laughs> yeah, and... don't, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry, Peter. The invoice is in the post, mate. <laughs> uh, 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 other other consultants are available. Yeah, right. yeah. Apparently. So they obviously, it's basically a, a Nanook um, flight case with the foam inside. And inside of it, they've cut out uh, space for um, the accelerator, Exceltex accelerator battery pack. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then they've got some nice cable glands from the outside of the box. So it's got like a, a ruggedized RJ45 port. You get two of them yeah. on the outside of the box. And then that's fed through to a cable that connects to the accelerator battery pack. Um, so obviously you just hook up your AP and you just plug it into the side of the box so you're not having all of these trailing cables extension leads everything else that goes along with it it's quite a nice little solution have you ever seen one in the flesh and hey have you ever seen one in the flesh what defined by the flesh 
He's he's about to turn around behind him and get his one. Have you not seen one physically in the flesh, or are you just like looking at the pictures on the? Internet? No, I'm looking at the one on the internet. Yeah. Right. Okay. So you're just kind of looking at it and describing it eloquently. It's very good. I am. I am because this is I've 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 gone through this this week because I'm I'm actually shortlisting both products down because I need to buy one. Right. Uh, I want to make sure I've got the right one. So I'm, I'm I'm explaining this because the both of them have got very similar uh, components and traits, but there's some very subtle differences. So. Um, it, it, like I said, it comes nicely packed out. You get a Wi-Fi stand, so you can obviously put your AP on. Yeah. Um, and it comes with a tripod with wheels, right? Yeah. But you just take the tripod out of the box, stand it up like you would any other tripod doing the survey. Yeah. And there you go. The, the, the problem for me is that that tripod is only two, two and a half meters tall, right. even with the stand on. Yeah. So for more normal like office environments or like standard deployments with a normal AP, where it goes up to three, three and a half meters, yeah. that isn't good enough really. So it would mean that I would have to buy either an extension pole. Uh, from Terry's. From Terry's. I'd like to go and see my mate Terry, who also works at Heathrow. And then it's another piece of kit. It's another, it's another uh it's something else I've got to carry around, yeah. but it's also not going to fit in the box because the box is quite small. The, the nano case that it comes in, the self-contained unit is quite small. So it won't fit a big extension pole in or anything like that. So actually that would be something that I'm going to have to carry over the shoulder. Yeah. yeah. Now for, for 1600 pound for a fully supplied kit that even comes with a laser measure and little cutouts for your sidekick and an access point to carry. It's a, actually a, a really nice kit. It comes with a really good torch. A torch? Uh-huh. Because yeah, you always survey in the dark. In case the power goes out. <laughs> right. Always survey in the dark, man. It's just the best time to do it. <laughs> so it comes with a torch, as Alan has rightly pointed out. Ask me why uh, I know. Why do you know? Because I've got one. <laughs> oh, you won one, didn't you? <laughs> I, I was thinking... Did you not remember that, or did you not realise that? that? I thought I actually, it was a, I actually I, have one. I thought it was a joke, to be honest with you. Well, I've actually got one, Ryan, which is the why person who hates AP on a stick the most has got an AP on a stick kit. <laughs> That's right, because the so WRPC what was it twenty? When was the last one you that see? we had? The Europe one. No, this was in the US. Oh, that's, do you know? What? I don't know. No, no it wasn't. It was Europe. No, it was Europe. It was Prague. Was Didn't you actively just go not for the conference but to get drunk? <laughs> no, I don't do that, right? What are you talking about? I'm a professional. Um, no, so basically, at the end of the conference, Keith obviously rewards, awards the top prize and just pulls your name out of the hat. So all the attendees, um, are in a hat, and uh, he pulled out my pulled out my name unexpectedly, of course. Thanks, Keith. And uh, I'll never forget it. The prize was obviously a Wi Fi survey kit, and what, what made it for me. Was McFly's face when he <laughs> when he saw me walking up there? He went, "Of all the people that deserve to win something, and it was an AP on a stick survey kit, it had to be me." It was just <laughs> his face and his expression and everything else because he knew it just wasn't the right. It wasn't a fitting have, reward. Have for you me. ever used it? Yes, I have actually. Oh, you have fair play! Wow, yeah, I have. impressive, I have, man. I've, I've used it to um, prop up my door in my office. Quite a lot. 
<laughs> and sometimes if I can't reach the top shelf because my stepladder's on in the office, I'll stand on it to just kind of, you know, just get to the top and grab my hat or something, you know. No, it's sturdy case then. Sturdy. <laughs> I've used it on a few occasions, so definitely it's useful. And the, the other product, the Hive, comparing the two together, I think it's a good idea because um, the, the thing about the Hive from having seen it on the web is it's built in. Yeah, yeah. It? it's built in, it's compact. Um, so it's a bigger, it's a much bigger case. So th- there's a new revision out of it, isn't there? So there's the, the, v- the, v- the V2, yeah, the V2 bomb, shall we say. Um, and obviously it comes with, uh, I believe it comes with a, a better battery than the accelerator. I think it's one that is approved. This is the key for me. It's approved by most airlines for the yeah, lithium battery that goes into it. Yeah. Um, so that to me, because the, I believe the accelerator would have to go in as checked in luggage. Whereas if I'm not checking anything in or that means I'm going to have to take that battery out, shut the kit. Do you know what I mean? It's a pain in the backside. Whereas the one with the the hive comes with a a proper rugged, uh, I I forget. I think it's got a 21, 21 hour life span. uh, One charge. Yeah. It's, I think it's basically 99.9%. 99.9 uh, what hours, isn't it? So it's literally yeah. like just below what you're allowed to take on. Yeah, and that, that that's that's a one tick in the box straight away. Just the battery, um, and like what Alan said is the poles are all integrated, yeah. so you don't have to then take, but you have to un- obviously screw them all together. But they screw through the top of the box. Yeah, and I'll have to pop like up a tripod or something as well, so they're proper yeah. light. Yeah, the carbon fiber. So the whole kit itself with the poles the battery um obviously excluding any peripherals that you put in it is 10 kilos yeah, which which is pretty good um the bit that i like is the the cables and things so what they've done rather than just putting you know some standard cat six cables in they've got some properly armored braided cables um you know the, like the the style of the stuff that you see on um the external access points where you they go through a cable gland and they're all nicely tightened. All yeah, of yeah. the power, everything is all done via those. So it's a lot more durable. And for me, that that's much better. And obviously underneath, you've got a cutout. I think you can fit a sidekick, an access point, plus any additional cables that you put in. It's got quite a lot of space. Having a quick look at it now, right? The only thing that I would notice is that the AP kind of mounting bracket thing just looks quite thin it, like, it could, does could you, doesn't it yeah could you fit like a like an mr i'm told i'm told it is a universal and fits any access point um because it it comes with a t-rail adapter so uh, you know how all the access points come with t-rail mounts yeah uh, apparently it uses that Ooh, it's um, got little, um it's got a little like camera mount on top yeah <laughs> why uh, well just in case you're a bit of a perv i don't know <laughs> the one thing i quite like is it's got the stabilizing legs at the bottom as well yeah yeah. so obviously as the as it goes high you know what i say it gets a bit more wobbly especially yeah, in a box yeah. the weight of the access points these days as well um so that that for me is great um it ticks all of the boxes but there's a massive problem wow the price Oh, uh, really? The, it is very, very expensive. So I mentioned, what, 1,600 quid, 1,800 quid for uh, the Wi-Fi survey kit? Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. My old friend Peter. Have a guess. Well, if you're saying it's more expensive, two and a half grand? No. More than that. Correct. Jeez. Really? What is it made out of then? Like, you know, is it just carbon, titanium type it's, of rare it's, metal it's or the, something? It's the fucking Lamborghini of the survey world. <laughs> who, who says? How much is it then? Lamborghinis, I don't like Lamborghinis. Yeah. Well, come on. We're, 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 so, uh, like how much? Grand. Al? I'm going to say a five. No. Well, yeah. you're both incorrect, but you're also both in the middle. Four. It's around four and a half grand. Jeez, Louise. Lovely. It is expensive. And that that's the thing that, that's that's caught me off because for me, if if the Wi-Fi survey kit was everything that this is with the bigger poles, I, that, that was one thing, actually. The, the poles go up to three and a half meters, maybe four meters. So there's a big difference there between the poles with the Wi-Fi survey kit and this one. So that for me there is, is obviously that's the reason it's why got, I want it. It's got to be the carbon fiber poles. Uh, that well, it's, it's, it's the cables as well. Obviously, it's all braided. Oh. It's it is, and even with all of the um, uh, external ports and things that it has on the side of the box, it's still um, military standard rated. It's still air pressure rated. It's still waterproof as well. So, so where, um, where, where can you get money. this from then? Uh, you can buy it from Open Reality. Oh, they've got them, have they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I'd like to point out that Open Reality have declined my request of a free trial of this £4,000 piece of equipment. <laughs> they just don't trust you, mate. You never let me borrow it. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Just in the back of my car. <laughs> it's um, it, it it is definitely the one that ticks all the boxes for me, and to be honest, the price puts me off because the way I look at things is, although it's, it's not, not me personally, pay, it? yeah, it's it's not coming out of my pocket. It's not, but yeah, <laughs> the way I look at things is, if if it was was my money, would I pay for it? Yeah, and the answer is absolutely not because I'd go and see Terry. And I'd get it. I'd get it this pole. You get the shitty pole. You do it for a tenner, and you'd be you'd be happy as happy as Larry. Yeah, it's it's a lot of money, and is, I can't help think if but, you're doing it all the time, though. Like like you're like you're saying, the fact that you're flying with it, the fact that you're yeah. doing this stuff all the time, it's like, well, then that's why it becomes worth investing in. It, right? it is. It 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 is. It is definitely the right one. And there's a lot of pluses to it, in my opinion. The quality of the hardware, the batteries for one. Um, it just seems a lot more long-term, yeah. if that makes sense. Um, oh, so get, get them to throw in Tamagraph Pro, mate. <laughs> no, I don't think I could subject myself to that again. I'm really sorry. <laughs> I think, you remember, it was, a, it was a very think... early on in the podcast that me, me and Christian did a, we did a review, yeah, didn't yeah. we? We did IB Wave. Tamograph. Yeah. Was it Netspot the other one? Ne- yeah, Netspot was the Mac OS one, wasn't it? The, the... Yeah. And I was the unlucky bastard saddled with Tamograph and I hated it. I, I, I genuinely hated it. Um, and to be honest, it's not because it's, well, it, it is a bit lacking in features, I suppose. But one of the main things for me is, is that when you open up the software 
it disconnects you from the internet because it changes the driver on your wireless adapter uh, to some weird promiscuous one and it just doesn't work and that and i was just like nah. no no it seems a bit clunky but i guess you get what you pay for right yeah. so 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 what what ap on a stick survey kit you're gonna go for then because i, think I believe i'm going for the hive radar i think that's the wrong choice you think? One hundred percent. I think it's the wrong. Why? Concept. Because because I've got a better one already. I don't think the hive gives me anything more. I think that the hive being built in rather than the Wi-Fi server kit is a kind of separate tripod. I, I think if they if you took the best of both and created a kind of child, yeah. If the hive and the Wi-Fi survey kind of got it on, you know, played some Marvin Gaye and they had a baby and we had this better, um, better case where yeah, we don't have a separate tripod. But you've got to remember is that the, the Acceltex battery pack is so much more versatile than the one that they're providing. I agree. Yeah. The so accelerator is so oh, no. much better. So 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 why hinder yourself just because it's convenience to get it on a plane? When Be- because, you because can just that's, put it in your pocket. Just put it in your pocket, put it in your bag and check what, it in. It's it's not what I found is getting on planes with kit is horrific. Like I don't have an issue. Yeah, because you don't fucking carry anything. Yeah, I do. All right, I get my butler to do that, but I still managed to take it on. <laughs> right. But the so, point is, it's never an issue. You check it in, it's done. You can even check it in inside the case. You just got to take it in as hand luggage. What's the big deal? Well, no, you can't. You can't take the accelerator in on yes, hand, hand luggage. Yes, it has can. to be. It has to be checked in um, with your bag in the hold. Like you, no, you can't take it in with hand you, luggage. You, you, no, the accelerator goes in your um, hand luggage, mate. Trust me, because when I took the, the survey kit back from Prague. I checked it in and then I found it waiting for me at the gate um, because they wouldn't allow it into the hold because of the battery. So I had to carry it in on, on board, which was fine. So you can mm. just take it in like this because the other question I want to bring you up about is, is one of the things that you said probably about the size of the pole. It's very yeah. important. The size of the pole, right? Yeah. Isn't it lads? Terry would say so. Yeah. We, we all want We all want a long pole. It's how you use it. It's how you use it. Right. Not how but, big it is. <laughs> Well, you know, depends the on the size of the room, right? It does. Depends on the propagation. Anyway, <laughs> the point I'm trying to make That's is that... such a shit joke. <laughs> <laughs> <Go> on. <laughs> on. I hear all that, everybody. The thing <laughs> I was going to say is about the difference in size. There's not much. And I don't think these tripods are actually useful at all in any type of industrial environment. They're only useful for office spaces. But then they are. the likelihood of you surveying on a stick in an office environment i'm i'm kind of thinking unless you really need to know the propagation and you need to know for your design requirements you know you've got these these capable most important devices we can talk about in a minute um and you need to know what they are and you need to know how they kind of see and hear the rf i I really don't think they are worth their time i I think they're great because you can put a lot of kit in there and carry it in a nice little pelican case and you can use it but i i think that you're restricted on height you know well in industrial environments like warehouses, it's very rare things are mounted at two and a half meters or even three meters, right? So you're kind of limited. So you need something that's probably going to reach for longer. Yeah, like I, I like I think if it was me, and it probably will be me soon, I, I would look at getting a Wi-Fi survey kit in terms of the the box, and I'd you know I'd keep the the tripod that comes with it, but I would look at then getting my own Manfrotto tripod that goes taller 
and just I have that as a separate have that as a separate thing if I needed it. At all. I would be like that, but for me, traveling with that extra stuff. So I've got my backpack on now. I'm now carrying along my case, and now I've got on the other shoulder the the. Tr- but only, I hate but only if you, but only if you needed it, like so yeah. only if it yeah. was over the the two and a half meters or whatever. Yeah, I mean, I suppose that's not such a bad idea. Because then, because even with the hive radar, you're still limited to the three meters or whatever, aren't you? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And what I'm not entirely sure of, because what I thought was, it might be quite easy to get some poles, you know, to to put into it to make it a bit bigger um it's not clear to me because open reality won't let me have one (laughs) is whether i can actually just buy some poles if i just measure the diameter and get some poles to make it bigger if you're gonna jerry rig it then definitely don't go for the hive radar thing because there's there's also radar is that it's like a complete built kit i mean yeah there's there's one sticking point as well and is the branding yeah that scream steal me. I don't know about you. Okay, how I, expensive kit is in this? <laughs> is in yeah. this case. It's in its own. It's in its own protective case. Let's steal it. I thought the sticking yeah. point might have been the Velcro. There is no Velcro though. Oh my god! Oh, can you start drinking that beer, mate? I have. I've already opened it. I've become delusional. Honestly, the the, the Lemsip IPA has hit me, but um. You know, there's, I find it interesting though that oh, go on. You know, there's other tripods out there, right? So, you, I have a big tripod. Just want to let everyone know, I've got a big tripod. And do you know how high you can go up to, Ryan? Fifteen meters. Oh, close. Dan, do you want to? Thirteen. Twelve. Is that is that one of the massive warehouse ones? Mine goes to thirteen. Is it? Yeah. Shame that. Is that one of those massive Wales ones I've seen people buying? I forget what the, the name of the company is, actually. Vantage. Yeah. Is it oh, good? Yeah, absolutely fantastic. And, and I thoroughly recommend it. There's a few features that could be improved upon, but this is a carbon fiber, um, very lightweight, but it's a superb warehouse. You don't, warehouse antenna that can go up to 12 meters. So you don't have to use scissor lifts or cherry pickers or anything like that. And you can actually nice. wheel it around in industrial environments, both indoor and outdoor. It is phenomenal. Really, really good. And I guess if you're serious about apionistic survey, who would be? But if you need to do apionistic surveys for those types of environments, then this is something that you seriously need to consider rather than looking at just a pissy little hive or a Wi-Fi survey kit because yeah. they're not going to do the job for you. They're, they- they're great if you've got them as a side to keep your batteries in and you want to keep cables and stuff in there and you know what I mean? It, it's all good and well, but the problem, the problem you're going to have is to do it properly, to reach the heights that you need to, to reach, then you need to get a kind of a tripod that's going to do the job. Yeah. And the Vantage ones are superb. They Tell really me are. Link. The, I guess oh, I, I never really, I've <laughs> never really looked into this in, in any great detail on the basis that I don't do AP on sticks, but I found myself actually doing two oh, quarts. <laughs> so the other girls say, Dad, thank you very much. <laughs> I found myself doing two quarts for professional services on uh, AP on a stick service. And I, and I thought to myself, I, I can't, <laughs> I can't do one because I don't actually have any of the kit. So it made me think, well, I'll, I'll just get some stuff. And I thought, well, I don't fancy getting all of the tripod. So I started doing a bit of research and find out what was out there. Just a quick research. And I found these two bits. Um, like I said, it's not purely for AP on a stick service for me. There are some added benefits to it. 
um, having the kit, not specifically for the pool or anything, but having that kit so I can do a temporary installation or or something like that. You, the hive radar you... kit just gives me that bit. It's it's more. It's got such a smaller footprint, in my opinion. But yeah. it's the price that that gets me. Like, yeah, so I, th- I think for me, like that, that's that's why I'd want to go for the Wi-Fi survey kit box, yeah. and then just have have my own like use the tripod that comes in that for off carpeted offices and stuff like that. That's fine. Yeah. But then, like Alan said, get like a decent. You know, if you're going to do warehousing or something like that, you're going to need something that's that goes up higher than three, four meters. So you may as well go for something that can go whole hog. You know what I mean? Al, did you did you buy that Vantage thing or did you hire it? Yeah, no, we bought it. So when it's all compact, how big is it? That's more than that. It's about two and a half grand. Hey, when it's all compact, like yeah. when you took it down, it's in, in your office. How, how big is it? About this big. Well, I can't see your arms. Top, top quality podcast material, that. So <laughs> all I can see you know, is come... Alan impress, doing an impression of the bloody Lighthouse family. Yeah. So so it's, it's um, I, I'd probably say you're going to need a snowboard bag or a ski bag to put it in. That's what we use. Okay. Ski bag. So, what's it, what's it like for? That's a it's about, just, just put it in the chat, mate. There you go. It's about one meter. What? One meter 60. One meter seventy. That's how big the oh, okay. uh, ski bag is, right? For a, set, for a standard set of skis, that's probably what it is that fits into. Because unfortunately, when it compresses down, that's as far as it will go. You can't sort of like take bits off and whatnot. Um, it would be good, but then I think it might take away from its durability. And obviously, it's 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 designed specifically to support you know, high distances and obviously be sturdy enough to take the weight of an APM and an antenna or two antennas at such a height. So yeah, um, you don't really want to be messing with it, but it would be good if you could shrink it down so you don't have to take a snowball bag with you because it does restrict you. But at the end of the day, you know, it's part and parcel of the job, isn't it? If you if you need the kit, get the right kit, get the right tools to do the job. Don't just so Are you saying get the cost. Wi-Fi survey kit plus a bigger yes. tripod? Absolutely, I would, because it's value for money at the end of the day. I can't see or justify why the Hive Radar no. kit is more than four, is four grand compared to something that could be 16, what, 1,600 quid. It, it, it's a no-brainer to me, yet you get what you need from the, the Wi-Fi survey kit for, for good value for money. Plus, you get the accelerator as well. Plus, it's neatly packed. You get a few other bits and pieces as well, which is, you know, the um, the... the, the laser measure tool which is really good because it does um lots of the measurements as well i can't remember what they're called but you get Pythagoras the theory kind of thing yeah so the idea is you don't have to just do height it kind of does does um, your area and all that kind of stuff it's pretty pretty cool um so it, it's worth it it's 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 a fantastic piece of kit and, and since having it it's become very useful and, and we use it quite a lot now um but and that's, your, that's your 12 meter one yeah, because I think they come in two different sizes. I think you can buy one in nine meters and one in 12. But we've decided, look, you never know when you might need 12 meters. So why not? Um, and it saves money. It saves time on having to hire cherry pickers, doing the courses that you need to, to actually drive the bloody things. Plus, yeah. then you need you know more people. It's more cost. Um, whereas with a tripod, you can actually do it on your own, put some cones around so no one crashes into it if you want to take that risk. But it's worth I'm interested it. because this company 
looks nothing like a Wi-Fi company, but yet they've discovered that, oh, actually, uh, this works perfectly well for Wi-Fi, so we'll sell it. Yeah, fair play. I, 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 I can't... So they're, they're, all they're all about solar panels and aerial imagery. I wonder how they discovered that this is... They probably made stuff already, and then a bunch of people came to them and were like, hey, can we use your things for sticking an AP on top of? And then they were like, oh, no, it'd probably be a bit too heavy on the end because we're only used to putting GoPros on them. We'll have to go away and make a proper heavy duty. Yeah. You can stick yeah. an AP on. Fair play, man, because I, I don't see anybody else doing this. It's good. I like there, it. There is so a you've got like the 1,100 quid one, Al, this... Yeah. No. No, you've got the 12 meter one, which is 1700. Yeah, right, six, okay. six, 1665 or whatever it is. Paid. Yeah. So, 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 yeah. You can get a Wi Fi stand with it as well. So, 1735. And you can get the carry bag. So, yeah, 1795 all in. The carry bag isn't very good because it's just a standard bag and it's quite small. Whereas we like to use the, the, the dedicated snowball bag, which is more versatile and sturdier. Plus, you can add more into it as well if you wanted to. Um, right to pack it out um and also yeah. did you just have a spare snowboard bag lying around is that why yeah exactly makes sense right so 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 honestly it's a great bit of kit and it actually works a treat so this is this is why the wi-fi stand go with it uh, because then it could be more versatile as in you can take the, the the three meter stand out of it and just use it as a flight case to carry all your bits and pieces and then take a separate bag your snowboard bag or your ski bag for your for your big vantage tripod and mm. you know it, you can use it in small environments just be aware that it's kind of bulkier but it's still versatile if you're you know if you're driving and you've got decent transportation then it's it's probably going to do more for you and you can take on more work but someone says hey can you do a warehouse we've got racks that are 10 meters high 12 meters high can you yeah, and you just don't then? take it if you don't need it exactly yeah you know what i mean so I've, if you i think you guys have swayed me the other way now actually really yeah because I was I, I was going to suggest the high radar, but actually, I think you've, you you have made a, a very valid point. To be honest, um, top consumer advice here. Well, actually, what I'm going to do is I'm just going to save this episode and I'm going to send it to my boss because when he asks me for a justification for the spend, I'll just say, can you just listen to this episode? If you miss the (laughs) 10 minutes of shit from the beginning and just skip, you know, halfway through and get the good bit, then you'll have the conclusion. Sweet. Fantastic. Oh, that's, that's good. I'm, I'm, I'm happy about that. Um, right, next topic. Well, <laughs> that's it, we're done now. Well, done. W- world peace? We're going to do that now, or are we just going to stick to Wi-Fi? No, I, I want to ask Ryan. He made a bold claim saying that you can design good 2.4 gigahertz Wi-Fi. No, never said such a thing. I don't know. I, I, want, about. I want to hear what, he, what he's on about. <laughs> he used to be. He brings up virtual cell. I'm going to headbutt him. No. No. Virtual cell. What's that? I don't know what you no, we're not we're not talking about that. We're not talking about it. Well then what are you saying? 2.4, good Wi-Fi. Yeah. So I had um so I was in Germany for a couple of weeks uh doing Wi-Fi for the International Motor Show in well, it's usually in Frankfurt, but it was in Munich this year. So it's I believe it's the Europe, I think it's the world's largest motor show, I believe. It is, yeah. Um it's quite impressive, actually. And I did the Wi-Fi for the automated valet parking service. Uh, so there was a number of 
car manufacturers and vendors and things like that that did a automated valet service that could be fitted and sold to any car. Um, that is, is I must admit, is very impressive. Um, the engineers. What, what, yeah. what is the valet service actually? Because to me, I, I have two interpretations. So someone who parks your car or someone that cleans it? Both. So automate, so some automated process that will park your car and clean it. And charge it. And charge uh. it. And this is running uh, on Wi-Fi. Yes. So, so basically, it's a Hoover. Uh, it's, it's a Nito um, Hoover. Yeah, yeah, I guess. <laughs> if you want to call it that, it, anyway. And is is that what drives the car as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, Henry jumps in. Henry the Hoover jumps in the front. And anyway, moving on. So, I did. I, I designed the Wi-Fi. Obviously, before all of this, you know, you have your meetings and stuff like that, and. Very quickly, I got told that it has to be 2.4. There can be other 5 gigahertz elements to it, uh, but there was some 2.4 elements to it. So Why? Why why were they building it for 2.4? I can't tell you why, but I can (laughs) just tell you that it has to work on 2.4, okay? Okay, So we'll gloss over that. All right. So when I'm telling you that I'm, I'm I, I am mandated it to make it work on 2.4, and I thought, oh, you know, I thought I, d- I did the I did the usual standpoint of well, nothing works on 2.4. 2.4 is terrible, mm. and it is. No, it isn't. It's fine. It's uh, it, it's not. It it's is. Fine. It anyway. I'm going to cu- carry on talking despite the rude interruption from you, Mister Blake. Okay. So you just don't like the truth. Well, maybe I don't, right? But I'm going to get there in the end. So, obviously, we're on 2.4. There's nothing I can do about it. I've just got to kind of make it work, right? So, you, quickly, you you discover how busy... I mean, we all know about this. You all get told that 2.4 is very busy. If you can move all of your clients to 5 gigahertz, life is so much better in 5 gigahertz. But what... You know, I'm, I'm sat there and I'm like, well, I've got to, I've got to make the best I possibly can. You know, I've I've got to I've got to do it. So, I've got the spectrum analyzer out, and I'm I'm looking around and I'm thinking, right, what what can I say here? And everything sidekick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm using this the sidekick spec on with the iPad. Yeah, uh, I I did post a picture on Twitter actually, if anybody sees it or cares. Uh, but it was <laughs> it was really good actually. I'm and I must say the sidekick and the iPad were an absolute blast. I loved using it. It was so good. The battery life, yeah. my God, the, the iPad needed charging more times than the Sidekick, which I didn't think would have been the case. Um, I thought yeah. with the Sidekick doing more of the spec and stuff and sending more data. There's a big-ass battery in that bad boy, though, to be fair. There is. Yeah. There is. Um, I've got a topic about the Sidekick, actually. So whilst I was doing this, I also snapped the USB port on the Sidekick. Oh. Yeah, that wasn't clever. No, no. Um, although it wasn't, I didn't realize I had. Um, I was just serve, walking around, serving, and realizing that the data was coming in a bit sketchy. So, I was right. like, what's going on here? So, check the cable it was all in, and in the end, it just wouldn't connect at all. So, I checked, and the USB port had died. It was right. just. It, it, I looked inside, and there was some pins that were snapped. It was just a bit. It was a bit nasty. Um, so I'm at this motor show 
I've got no sidekick. I need a sidekick. And I didn't have enough time to buy a new one and get it delivered. So I had to have the USB port replaced on the sidekick. While you're out in Germany? Yeah. Was that difficult to do? or Not when you've got a boss who's got a soldering iron. It's not. Oh, you literally did it yourself as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he he did it for me. He's he's really kind, actually. So um, we found, so we stripped down the sidekick and we found the USB uh, port. Uh, So I I zoomed in on the make and I found it. And I was surprised at how cheap it was. Um, Not material-wise. Material-wise, fine. It's an IP-rated thing. But, um, you know, it was quite cheap. It was very inexpensive. In fact, delivery was more expensive than the USB port. Did you... are there more than one like hardware revision of the sidekick? Did yes, I think there's have all the... one and two. So mine is Psychic One, and right. I think the Psychic Two comes with USB C. No. Yeah, yeah. I think the newer Psychics now come with USB C on the bottom. Do they? Yeah. Anyway, no. beside the point. Um, did so yours, did, yours, did yours have like a bunch of stuff around the US? Because I opened up mine just to have a look. And um, I noticed that there was there was a load of stuff around the USB port to try and keep it still. And I just wondered if that was a difference. No, actually, I was quite surprised by that because the USB port has two like screw holes. Yeah. On the side, and I thought, oh, obviously something's going to go through and like fix it to the board so that it's not it's there's not a lot of pressure on it. But it's not actually the rubber case. So the two cases, the top and bottom, the plastic sandwich it, and the rubber goes around and like keeps it sealed. So I guess that's the way to get around that. So I was quite surprised to find that. So in, interestingly then, so I, th- I think I must have a different version to you because inside my one, the USB port mm-hmm. was very like um, like reinforced. No, mine wasn't. Okay, yeah. So so I reckon I reckon they must have realised that... I, I don't think this is a... Desi- this isn't a design fault with the usb port at all i mean the usb port was fine and i looked at it, it was soldered to the board right. all of the components were completely intact but um i think just years and years of, of right, use okay. i mean it was probably what three three year old four year old oh, um, so it has it has lasted a while um so yeah swap, swap the usb port out of that it's like a dream now man it's 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 spot on it, it's it's going to keep going for another few years easy there's no problems with that so i'm quite impressed with that um so if anybody didn't know you could replace the usb port on your cow psychic should it die um Good. obviously don't do that inside of warranty because it'll avoid <laughs> the warranty but if you're like me and you didn't have a warranty anyway then i guess uh, that's fine um anyway so um so i'm walking around this this garage and stuff and i'm trying to find the source of all the 802.11 interference and lo and behold most of it is 802.11 interference yeah. it is actually wi-fi yeah. so what i've also discovered is that apple carplay you know new new wireless carplay Kinda carplay uses apple wireless direct link it does yeah but it all that defaults to channel 11 yep so every mini every bmw everything that's coming in past i can see it and stuff like that, which I wasn't too bothered about because one, I can't control it. I can't control cars driving past. And two, uh, it's not there for very long. And there's not a lot of data transmitting on that. So it doesn't cause a lot of channel interference or channel utilization. Mm -hmm. So I was able to track that using the 
analyzer app so you can the good thing is you can um you can basically tap one of the ssids that you're looking at and it'll tell you how much of the channel it's, it's utilizing which is which is quite good so um there was that right. and i discovered quite a lot of non wi-fi interference um there was one oh, this is analyzer yeah wow yeah imagine that yeah i know right Crazy. So, to be honest, I find that with the Spectrum Analyzer, I don't use it that often. I have it, and it's it's great to have, and it's good to look for sources of interference. But it's one of the it's probably one of the first times I've, I properly went in depth to look at what is out there outside yeah. of studying. That is, <clears throat> and did the because I know they've recently they've updated the the Analyzer app to try and like categorize what the interference was it did but everything was either a microwave right or generic right okay so that's that's not quite up there yet then in terms of like picking out the shapes of the no no it's 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 not and part one of the one of the things i found was uh, an emergency stop device so this was a frequency hopper device Mm-hmm. Working on two point four, so it was effectively the the same as Bluetooth, right? Yeah. But this thing is two watt power. Wow! And it works at a nine mile range. <laughs> so actually, I'm, I, I will show you the picture of For this. Me. So you know when you see on on in Egger House specifically, because obviously the the high resolution of the Sidekick and things like that, you can see the frequency hopping devices quite clearly. Yeah, yeah. Um, it looks like I've literally got a landscape full of Empire fucking state buildings. <laughs> I'm going to show you this. Hold on. So, is this how you designed good Wi Fi on 2.4? No, I had, well, I had to get rid of all this, you see. <laughs> I had to find this and, and, and get rid of it. So, this here, I'm going to share this now. I'll share screen. Can you enable screen sharing, please, Al? Not really, because no one else can see this but us. That's kind of a I know, but I'm, I'm trying to explain to you guys what this is. Is this the one that you posted on Twitter? Because I can see that. Yes. Yeah, fine, yeah. And actually, you can see underneath what the interferers are. Briefly, yeah. you've got Bluetooth, Pico, and things like that. So that was occupying every single channel, 1 to 14. Yeah. And you can see the signal strength of that. That's massive, man. Yeah, is is awful. So I discovered that there was that stuff at like neg forty. Yeah, <laughs> and that was quite some distance away as well, you know. Yeah. Um. So there was that. Um. I also found because you know in in CWNA and things like that, you learn about how electromagnetic interference can use antennas to then uh, amplify itself. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, if, if if an antenna is right next to an uh, EMI source, it can the antenna can amplify the interference. This is the first time I've ever seen it in the field. Oh, on that same thing. Yeah. So there was a there was a device. Um, I'm not going to what it was. Um, I was walking around. All I could see on on the spectrum was this black curve on channel one. It was massive. I've never seen it that black before. You know, you, you get the dark reds mm-hmm. uh, in, in Echo. Uh, this was just black. Nothing, nothing could, if, if anything was on channel one, actually, there was. Um, you, Again, you couldn't transmit your, anything. On your Twitter, this is, isn't it? 
Yes. Yeah, you'll see that. Just trying to give just trying to give listeners some visual cues if they wanted to pop onto your Twitter. What's your what's your Twitter account, mate? I have no idea. <laughs> it's at Ryan Dodds92. Good year that. <laughs> so you can see the, the, the black peak. And I was walking around trying to find out what this was. So obviously I'm just looking around trying to see the closer I get, obviously the bigger that gets. So yeah. I found this metal box, shall we say, uh, looked like a metal uh, electric junction box, shall we say. Um, and I was shall like, well, we shall, hey? we shall say that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I got to it and it was like, it was neg 50. So I was like, this is definitely it. it then I opened the door and I wish I got a picture of it because it went off the charts. As soon as I opened the metal door, it just went boof, straight off the charts. I couldn't believe it. And what it was, it was just a, uh, I think it was a Nikkei wireless access point, just right. sitting on top of the electronic stuff. But it was obviously using the antennas to right. amplify that. So I've, I've never seen that before out in the field until then. And Yeah, that's pretty full on, isn't it? It is, it is. So I had this to contend with. So I guess once I'd gone round and cleaned this up, it actually worked. We we had quite good service and it worked well. Yeah, nice. The ID four in the background there, that picture looks nice. I don't know what, don't know what you're talking about. The the VW SUV thing. That wasn't there. The VW. <laughs> it's, it's on your Twitter picture, mate. <laughs> <laughs> Let's take that down. <laughs> oh, love it. But yeah, it, it, it was quite fun actually because normally 2.4 is something I just completely, my opinion is if you want something to work, you don't put it on 2.4. Yeah. But it's so the moral of the story is go around, find the interferers, and get rid of them. Yeah. But I also acknowledge the fact that you can't always do that. If you're in a shared office building with people above you, below you, anything like that, you can't go around them and say, can you just turn everything off? You can't do that. Yeah. But it was quite interesting to sit and analyze and look at the different sources of interference you can get. Granted that these aren't some of, some of the interference things, aren't what you're going to see in typical warehouse environments. But for me, you read about this. Yeah. yeah. You see it ex- examples and books and things like that, but you never actually see it in, in the wild. And I saw them all in one day. And, and to be fair, like that's that's where for me, like the the benefit of having a sidekick and an iPad, because it's so much easier to walk around with that, or even or even like sidekick in your iPhone or whatever, just be able to walk around with something that you can hold in your hand easily, rather than having to have a laptop with a tray or a you know pushing it around on wheels and all that kind of stuff. Like that's the, that's where the the beauty of the sidekick and the iPad comes in. The right? sidekick and the iPad, I I take it for granted, and I have done for a while. But that analyzer app and the sidekick, honestly, phenomenal. Yeah, brilliant. Yeah. It was the probably the one of the most used tools that I had. Um, so I'm, I'm I was over the moon with that. It was really really good. Um, and I I genuinely couldn't have done it without it because I definitely. I try what I try to do is when I was looking at these, I plugged in the uh, the DBX, yeah, to um, Wi-Fi Explorer. Wi-Fi Explorer Pro, yeah, yeah. and I, I couldn't decipher any of that. You know, when you're looking at the, at the waterfall graphs, the resolution so much better, isn't it? I find that the I can't use waterfall graphs. I don't particularly like them. I prefer the the the, 
the way that I can't, I can't remember what it's called. I I would like to see the waterfall actually. Would you? Yeah, I would because that gives you a, that gives you it through time, which would be yeah. really useful. The, the one thing I would like to have had is a record feature. Yeah. Because what I would have liked to have done. Record. That's what I do. Just screen uh, record on the iPad. I never thought about that actually. Mm, That's yeah. not a bad show. Yeah. School. Yeah. Back to school, Ryan. Yeah, yeah. Well, see, do you yeah, know no, what? Yeah, totally. This is this is a good thing because, like I say, I've never I've never done much of this. Is it like, well, I've done spectrum analysis in the field. Everyone has, yeah. to some extent, but not to this like investigative level. I've not I've not done it like that before. Mm. And I must admit, I learned a lot and I, I, I quite enjoyed it actually. Um, I, I did, and like I say, once you go around and you find them, if you have the luxury of being able to turn them off, move them away, change the channel, do whatever. Brilliant. If not, well. So your new nickname then now, Ryan, from now on is Hunter. I like that. RF Hunter. The RF Hunter. It's. it's do you know what RF? It sounds like some sort of submarine, doesn't it? RF is the HMS RF Hunter. No, you sound like more an American bounty hunter, really. He's yeah. like got long, real long hair, like a really bad mullet. To, to be honest with my tattoos hair is extremely. You, know, you talk hard. like this. Hey, uh, we're going hurt an RF. <laughs> And when I'm typing it, I can accidentally change the H for a C, and it's a great nickname still. <laughs> what? Say that again. RF Oh, I'm not. I'm not on a ball night. I'm not. On a ball. <laughs> I mean, you've, been, you've been really chatty. You've been cooped up for a long time. I think. Right? I have. This is, this is I have. Gassed in ages. I've quite I've quite enjoyed the last few months actually. I've had I've had quite a few good um good jobs where I've, where I've had all of this. And did your new boss listen to this podcast? Is that why you were talking? Yeah, I was gonna so say yeah. To say, Come listen to the <laughs> I mean, he, he, I'm he might do, I don't know. It's my show. <laughs> to be honest, I kind of hope he doesn't because if he ever goes back through previous episodes, I'll probably get the sack. So no, I, I don't want him to listen to this. But um it it was it was really good. Um I have learned a lot. Nice. It, it it just goes to show that you can study all you want, but until you're out in the field, yeah, looking at all this shit, you, you know nothing really. Well, I think that's why that's why CW and E want that experience, right? That's why that's why they say you have to have the experience because it's like like you said, then it's it's all well and good in theory, stuff being X, Y, Z, whatever. But actually, and even in that in those things, a lot of the stuff that we get taught sounds good as like a as like a, a soundbite to take away and to put into practice all that kind of thing but actually when you start to question some of those things which i know alan loves to do actually like does that make sense you know or or is that something that's like a hard and fast rule or is it more of a this is good to kind of think about but not necessarily live or die by and i know one of those things al is is the least capable, most important, the LCMI. Do you want to talk talk about that? that? Yeah, yeah. So, all right. And so so I guess the question is then when you're taught this and you're, you know, you're you're asked to, what is LCMI? What is it to you guys in particular? Is it one device? Is it multiple devices? Because it's kind of something that's taught to you to say, you know, when you're doing your designs, like aquanistic surveys, Ryan, right? When you got your new 
Wi-Fi survey kit and you stick it yep. up on the tripod and, and what you're going to do, you're going to get your least capable, most important device, aren't you? And you're going to want to see, well, what is the radio sensitivity for that device? Yeah. Well, to answer well, that, um, the, yeah. the least capable, most important isn't necessarily just one device. It could be a number of devices. It could be handheld scanners. It could be um, a Mitel wireless phone. It could be a Vocera wireless badge. It could be anything. Uh, or it could be a number of different things, actually. It could be um, wireless could be, panic could, call buttons. Could, could be, be an anything. A, could be an AP if it's configured as a workgroup bridge. Yeah, whoever does that. <laughs> I used to. <laughs> I used to. You ain't, you ain't got a job anymore, mate. <laughs> you ain't doing anything. I'm a bum. I hope you're not relying upon this podcast to give you some sort of weird passive income. Well, yeah, that's why we've been kind of dropping all of these, you know, product names like Vantage and Hive and uh, Wi-Fi yeah, Survey yeah. and MarQuest. For God's sake, we're getting sponsored now, Ryan. Ryan. <laughs> Ryan doesn't know about it, mate. We're just splitting it two ways. Oh, shit, really? Yeah. What, between me yeah. and Christian? <laughs> <laughs> He's dead to us. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, carry on, Ryan. Where were you? So I've completely lost track. I have, I have no idea. Oh, so, uh, like, LCMI. I think I think my my thing with the LCMI, especially like coming from the Apple world, has always tended to be, you know, this network is going in because we want iPads to work. You know, so whether it be in a school or it or it might be, you know, we're looking at redoing this network because we've just deployed 500 iPhones and now our network doesn't work. Um, and we need to use this particular app or this particular thing on the iPhone. So in, in my experience, my kind of least capable, most important device has tended to have been like a, a group of, you know, iPads doing a particular thing or iPhones doing a particular thing. Um, now that's probably quite a decent, most important device. Um, but it, but it, for me, it tends to be based off of the business use case rather than necessarily the least capable thing is less important to me. If that makes sense, it's more about the business use case for something. So if the, if the business requires barcode scanning, because it's a warehouse, that's going to be my most important device. Now let's go and have a look at which is least capable out of all those devices that are being used to fulfill that business role. Yeah, but unfortunately, though, the problem I think that people might get is hung up on it. And I'll give the analogy that I've used earlier, which is um, when, when, when we say don't design with APs in the hallways, right? Yeah. That's a classic. And yeah. it's a case of, well, why wouldn't you? Well, you wouldn't want to if it's just a data service, right? Because we know the, the complications that APs and hallways can bring, right? Where it's just the APs hearing each other and that could bring its own uh, wealth of problems. Um, but it's important if it's part of your design for VoIP, right? Because if someone walks from a room into the corridor, they want to they want to remain connected. So that makes perfect sense. So that's when... And you want to have soft, you want to have decent transition and period, like transition areas and things like that. Absolutely, yeah, 100%. So... So I think what we're trying to say is sometimes you might learn something and be taught something, but don't take it as like the gospel by John Paul and or or focus too much on least capable, most important device, meaning a single device, because at the end of the day, you're not going to test every single device that's in use in a yeah. environment that you're designing for. And secondly, it's it, there's a there's a there's a there's another implication that we need to be aware of. And that what about what I would call the um, most capable least important device yeah. right 
and because their radios are going to be way more sensitive. And yep. Those guys are going to sit there and go, shit, the bed. Wow, I can hear all of these APs. They're really, really loud. What am I doing? Who do I speak to? So there's also the impact there that you might not, you might think that you're doing the good job by designing for these capable, most important devices rather than device. Yeah. But I think on balance, some engineers, when they're doing designs, need to kind of not just be so focused that you're so narrow-minded and sort of like in the box and then able to think outside of it, where you're, you're turning up APs really, really loud and you're doing AP on a sticks and you're turning up the AP power really, really loud because the device is, oh my God, now I get NEG67, which is one of my design mm-hmm. parameters, blah, blah, blah. But actually another device that's like a MacBook or whatever that could be used in that environment in that same particular place. Well, wow, I'm hearing it at neg 40, right? That, you know, that's an extreme example, but I want to make an extreme example to ram home the point that the implications for that MacBook could be negative because if it's one AP that it can hear at neg 40, imagine what it could hear at neg 42, neg 50, neg 53. Mm-hmm. The point yeah. is that, you know, you've just got to be aware of these things so that you don't just go narrow-minded and say, well, the guys who are CWMEs for so many years say don't design for APs and corridors or always design for these capable most important. But yeah, just understand the ramifications of what that means. It's there to help kind of prod you and send you in the right direction and consider these things. But don't over-focus on that one aspect is yeah. what I would say when doing Wi-Fi. Well, when, when you think that like a device, you know, just turning 90 degrees can have a massive impact on RSSI, it's like, you know, oh, well, when you were stood there in that particular moment with it at that particular angle, it was at that level. It doesn't necessarily mean that, that you know, so one of the great things about wireless is that it is... Um, wireless? <laughs> yeah, wireless. But it's but it, but that it's resilient, right? So yes. it, it will still work, even if things aren't 100% right. And, and I guess, like, our job is to always try and create the best environment we can. And I think like Al, what you're saying there, mate, is that just focusing only solely on your least capable device doesn't necessarily mean you're going to create the best environment for the majority of the devices or for, you know, the devices that are needing to be used in that particular area or whatever. But also, like, you know, I, I've done it with where I've been into, into places where, say, iPads are being deployed, right? And they're all they're all brand new iPads. They're all fresh out of the box. And I've had, like, an eight, you know, or a nine dB difference between two two of the iPads. And that's why I'll always test, you know, at least 10 of them, at, you know, in the same area and, and things like that, because I try and take like a mean, I'll try and take an average of those 10, for instance, to say, right, okay, this is where, this is where I'm going to aim for in the middle of this thing, because I've got some devices that are the, that should be the exact same device and they're hearing nine dB difference. So, you know, th- there isn't a least capable device that hears at this exact RSSI actually, um, you know, even within the exact same model that supposedly have all been built at the same time, you know, they're all within, they've all been delivered at the same time. It's not like I'm taking an iPad that is two years old and, and one that's brand new, they're all the same model. And yet I'm still getting that variance. So, I, yeah, I, th- I think it's important for us to kind of not get so focused and tunnel visioned on, like you say, one device or, or even it, one device group. Well, I think I think there is what you guys have said is right. You can't just get that tunnel vision and just design for one device and hope 
that everything else will be fine, right? And like like what you just said there, wireless, um, it, it's, it's very compensating. It's very forgiven. Yeah. To be honest, I think it's too forgiving because uh, you can design the worst. <laughs> yeah, you can design the worst network in the world, but it's still likely to work. Might be slow, might, you know, might not be great, but it still works, right? Yeah. So, you know, but the the least capable, most important for me is a metric that you should factor into your design. But like what you said, you shouldn't get too hung up on it. It's like, right, well, this let's say this device is two point four only. Yeah, it's a IoT device, right? It's a sensor, but all of your other devices. Which you could argue with, if you designed it purely on that sensor, right? But all of the La- Lenovo laptops now don't work. You can't just turn around and say, "Well, I've, I've designed the Wi-Fi network; it works for these sensors, but everything else is shit." You can't do that. So you have to factor it into a decision, but it can't can't basically be the de facto, unless I guess the whole Wi-Fi network is purely for these sensors. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and I, I, I think that that's also it, isn't it? Like things like um, common sense, guest networks for for people coming in. Like you're never going to know what what devices people are coming in with. No. You know, like you have to just create a generically good network and hope that it does it. But at the same time, balancing that with the fact that it's a guest network, so it's not the most important. It's not the most critical thing for that particular establishment unless it's a hotel or a conference center or you know something like that yeah i've always had issues with people that have said or um you need to get a customer to tell you what devices are going to be coming in you design to those wireless devices and then if something comes in that isn't that device doesn't work well i'm sorry that's what i designed to because one it's not a dictatorship the dictatorship is, well, it is actually, the dictatorship is from the customer. The customer tells you what they want and you have to design it, right? Mm. You can't possibly, like you said, with a guest network, say, right, well, I'm going to design for these Huawei devices and these Apple devices and everything else can just go and sort itself. You, you, you can't do that. You, you're right. You have to design to the best that you possibly can. Test with a couple of devices to validate that, you know, like I've got, when, when I go to site, I mean, fair enough, I'm all mostly Apple now. But I use the iPad and I, I get the iPad out and I'll say, well, it connects okay. You know, just as a self-validation, this is. Yeah, yeah. My iPhone's all right. You know, MacBook's okay. And I'll say to the customer, have you got a phone? Do you want, do you want to test it? Are you, are you happy with it? And they'll say, oh, I'll, I'll just go and get Jimmy. He's got to get his laptop down. Yeah, fine. Bring the laptops down. Do, do whatever you need. And, you know, you, you're going to get a reasonable uh, understanding that it's going to work well. Do you know what I mean? Right. Fair enough, you are going to get that really one oddball device with really crappy drivers that are going to come in and ruin it for everybody. But there's nothing guess, you can do about that. On a guest network, you're not going to care. No. Are you though? Because what, oh, if, what if you're... Well, it's, yeah, well, hang on, exactly. We're, we're talking about two different things here, I think. We're talking about the services that you're providing over that Wi-Fi network versus the client's access in that Wi-Fi service. There's two distinctions completely, yeah, yeah. I think, right? And, and what I will say is just to come back around to at least capable most important is, is maybe change it a little bit to say well you could still use them least capable but you could also probably uh, say most used rather than most important because sometimes you know classification of most important you know well what does that mean when there's such a variation of devices could most use be a kind of i don't know meeting halfway a little bit to say 
what are the devices that are used more often in this particular area? What are the services they ask for that needs to connect? So that you're kind of trying to balance it out across what your requirements are, what you know works, and try and optimize it and fine tune it to somewhere in the middle rather than it being completely swung in the favor of the least capable device. Yeah. And then it's screwing all the devices that are most capable and saying, look, you know, you're, it's, it's like saying the youth of today, isn't it? Versus the old farts of today. It's like, um, you know, their hearing sensitive is going to start to drop. You know, they, they, they get uncomfortable, sat down for long lengths of time. They go to bed early. They wear cardigans, you know what I mean? And young youngsters of today, they, they, they can put up with, you know, standing up on trains. They can put up with standing up on buses, going into places where it's loud music. So eventually these, these, these most capable devices are going to start to suffer. They're going to start to age as well eventually. And, and how common is it when you see devices that are great when they are new and shiny, but then after a few years, they start to be the decrepit ones because that's exactly what that least capable device was originally. It was the brand new shiny device that came in. 2.4 was all there was because five gigs might not have existed or it yeah. wasn't you know, as good. You know, My point is that you know, obviously we're talking about machines here, but over time you could probably say that you know there's degrading the silicon or whatever it is you know ap's get better because they're refreshed more often than the client devices are ironically aren't they or there's an argument that they might not be i suppose but i guess i'm just trying to say that you need to weigh it up and, and look at it holistically and not just kind of sit there and think that at least capable most important um analogy is one device all the time it's actually a collection of devices or it's a collection of use cases and services and and in a whole heap of other things rather than just, I think the idea of teaching people that is to try and get them to focus and as a starting point and say, look, yeah. start yeah. from there, but then, but then zoom out. Build upon it. Yeah. Well, I think zoom out is a better description because I think people, if they don't zoom out, they don't see the bigger picture. That's the problem. I think you, you touched on something there where you said, um, APs, uh, replaced are not as replaced as, as, as devices not as replaced as often shall we say i think it's more to do with mobile devices because mobile devices i think everyone gets a brand new phone every what 24 months 36 months something like that 11 11 months for down on the apple upgrade program weekly <laughs> you know you, you do replace your mobile phone more than what you replace your end user compute device shall i say so corporate yeah. Uh, entities will probably replace their laptops once every five years plus when the device dies so you might get a new laptop in five years if you're lucky um other than that you you're still going to be running until it dies but you're just you're just making my point though that i i i know that's what i'm saying if you zoom out and see how often client devices are replaced because corporate devices industrial devices they, they could be there for years i mean we've got a great example of a of an issue that we're looking into from a terminal perspective that we figured that they say, oh, we bought these devices that are only four years old, but it's like, well, okay, you bought them four years ago. Yeah, yeah, we did. Okay, so they're not four years old then, are they? Well, they are. Yeah. Well, no, they're not because you bought them in four years, but they may have been four years old already on the shelf and they gave you a great discount. So they could be eight years old. These could, could be eight-year-old chipsets in here that were yeah. maybe nine, 10 years old. Who knows? But the point I'm trying to make is that, you know, you need to understand zoom out is what i'm saying you know don't just focus on one aspect no no just on the fact that client devices can stay in the environment because these iphones that kind of come out every year and these androids that come out every year they're not always in the the industrial environments they may not even be allowed even in the corporate environments but then you're not designing for them because you could never do that you could never keep up with the pace of consumer products 
And I can guarantee you when you say corporate devices like laptops, they're, they're replaced every three to five years. Well, they could still age because in three to five years, that's a long time. And even you could be caught in the middle of a of an infrastructure upgrade, for example, couldn't you? And it, it swings both ways. Infrastructure could be in for 10 years. I mean, how often do we see APs that are really old, you know what I mean, that have ended like five, 10 years ago, and but they're still and in play because, well, there you go then. So it, this kind of shit exists. But I think to be a better engineer, I think you need to just stop reading, expecting it to be, you know, the gospel and say that it, it, this is the only way to do this. You, you kind of need to make up your own mind and think if I want to be a well-rounded, better engineer, that it's a, it's a point of reference that gets you started. And then you start to zoom out and actually see the bigger picture and realize actually it's, it's a tough gig. Wi-Fi sucks. It is a tough gig, but it makes you a better person if you just don't assume that, yeah, APs and hallways is actually a good idea if your design warrants it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's got off my soapbox. Sweet. All right. Well, guys, I need to uh, go to sleep. It's a good episode. It's just a shame that Alan won't edit this or publish it out. Yeah. I will. I'll do it in I'll do it by twenty twenty two, Christmas. <laughs> you haven't got a job anymore, so I don't understand why you can't just do this, you know, by tomorrow. It's not it's not the point. I'm a busy boy still. Yeah. Well that door cube must be massive. Well he's gotta keep his 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 only fans. He thought he was leaving, but he's got it back, so <laughs> <laughs> wanna see my dance routine, lads. You wanna see what I do with this uh What's the bad, bad, bad boy Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> I don't get to call. No one really calls me that anymore. I think I've. Uh, I don't know. I think I've outgrown it. I don't think you have. No. <laughs> <laughs>